I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for 200 plus years, and we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots can have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. This is Rick, your host, and I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. Join us now for the Blessed Teach Show, and let's see what God is doing today. Here we are on Word and Worship on Friday, March 3rd, 2023. Welcome. This is kind of a new format that I'm so excited to teach with uh, my partner in crime here is Gus. Uh, it's just going to be beautiful. Some, some people call him Gus Gus. And we are going to be digging into um, John 5. So if you get your Bible, it would be awesome for you to get out to uh, John 5. And we're going to be talking about the Lord of the Sabbath. And uh, we'll dig into that in just a second. I want to welcome you guys and, and made some changes. As you know, we've converted uh, this Blessed Teach show into really a full ministry with uh, quite a bit uh, available for you. It includes a full platform like Facebook. It includes backstage. It includes show notes for everything we're doing. So you can uh, find all that at blessedteach.com, blessedwiththenumber2teach.com. The links are down below in the show. And what used to be um, $17.76 a month uh, up to as much as $25 a month is now completely free to you. So we've decided to go on a pay-forward model. So there's people paying forward that uh, are doing that so that you can be backstage for free. And we're going to go through some teaching here, and then you can be backstage for the Q&A discussion of what this scripture means to you. We'd love for you to share a little bit um, as we discuss this scripture in John 5. Um, so with that, I'm going to get rolling here pretty quick. We'll do a worship song and we'll start teaching. But first, I want to just quickly go to one of the scriptures. Maybe have Gus look at this uh, on the screen. And this is uh, one of the things that we're going to be really digging into is this part of the scripture. We're going to go over all of the 1 through 18. But verse 18 is kind of amazing. G uh, Gus, you mind talking a little bit about that? Oh, guess you're still muted. <laughs> but I thought it would be kind of cool to just kind of start this out of what one of the key structures scriptures is. And maybe you just read this and then we'll we'll analyze it in a little bit after we listen to a few songs. Okay. Uh, 518. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, 
but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Woo! <laughs> That's a big claim. So Jews yeah. trying to kill Jesus, right? And this is before um, the, the, uh, the uh, obviously the crucifixion. So why did they? Why did these Sadducees and Pharisees hate him so much? And we're going to dig into that. And a lot of this is answered in this chapter that we're going to be digging into the next couple of weeks. We're going to go through the first half of it. We have a chosen clip for you. We have some awesome music. So, but right now we're going to start just with some beautiful worship music. So uh, let's lift up our hands and 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 and, and worship here. We're going to be talking here about the first scripture is open the eyes of my heart. And if you look, there's all kinds of New Testament scriptures here. That's why I picked this one because we're really digging into the New Testament. It says, open the eyes of my heart. And Ephesians 1.18 says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. That's what this is about when we're singing this. To you, to you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Matthew 7, 2 says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. That's in Isaiah, Isaiah 57, 15. And the New Testament scripture of Matthew 7, 2 says, And he, Jesus, was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. In Matthew 7, 2. And this talks about, Pour out your power and love. Ephesians 1.19 says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might? And 1 John 4.8 says, Anyone who does not love God does not know God, because God is love. And then we just sing, Holy, Holy, Holy. Right of Isaiah in the Old Testament and Revelation in the New Testament. says, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Worship with me as we just sing this beautiful song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. We want to see things for the way they really are. Open our eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. Lift it up, let me hear you.
lift it up. get our hearts right here as we deeply go into his word um, Pam would you mind reading this Pam's there the for top part sometimes hard, hard to see I want I just want you nothing else Jesus nothing else will do I forgot to unmute <laughs> okay uh, Matthew 15 24 there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear we love him because he first loved us sorry that's first john 4 18 to 19. no problem <laughs> then jesus said if anyone would come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me that's matthew 15 24 or 16 24. i'm caught up in your presence I just want to sit here at your feet. And that would be Deuteronomy 33.3. All his saints are in your hand. They sit down at your feet. Deuteronomy. I already said it. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That's Philippians 3.3. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I just want you. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6.5 Thank you, Pam. That's the scripture just oozes out of the song. 
we can get close to the Lord right before we get into his word on John 5. You can join us backstage, by the way, blessedteach.com. See the backstage tab, it's free. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Nothing else, Jesus, nothing else will do. 
go into John now. I'm going to adjust the screen a little bit to get Gus up here. Um, Gus, how are you today? Let me get one muted here. No. All right. So John 5 is amazing. Maybe you can read the first part of this. And uh, this is from John 5. We're reading out the ESV. We also have the KJV up here that we'll reference as well, but uh, would you read the first part of this? You sure will. You tell me when you want me to stop and, mm -hmm. and then we'll talk. Okay. Uh, this is the healing at the pool on the Sabbath. You let a little note out there. They already told us what the feast was. It's the Sabbath feast. After verse, verse one, after this, there was a feast of the Jews. The Jews in just to set it up, I think uh, chapter four, he just got through healing the centurion's son or the the guy's, the dude's son, and now he's come here. So after this was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic. Aramaic it's called Bethsaida or Bethesda. In other translations, it says Bethsaida, which has five roofed colonnades or porches. In these lay a multitude of indolence, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time. He said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. 
And at once the man was healed, took up his bed and walked. You want to stop there and yeah, let's marinate on this little cover, bit. Dig into a little bit of this. Uh, yeah. I guess we don't know what thesis actually is. Uh, well, it's a feast of the Sabbath, right? Uh, because on verse John 5.10, it says the Jews therefore said unto him, they, they were mad because they healed the guy on the Sabbath. Yeah, so, so this could have been a, a regular Sabbat, right? Or it could sabbat, have been. Yeah. But since it's after, and we're not sure how much time it is, we're not exactly sure, but we do know that you're right, that he did this on the Sabbath, which is mm -hmm. awesome. But I know you had some insights here, so go ahead. I had all kinds of things firing off here. Um, the sheep gate triggered a little hyperlink there. Uh, the pool. Uh, Bethsaida, the house, the, the, the pool is called, the pool is called, the, it stands for, it means the house of mercy or flowing water. And of course, there's five porches or colonnades or what they call in this translation, colonnades, right? Five porches and five, you know, is the number of grace. So with that, starting with the sheep gate, interesting to me that the sheep gates where the sacrifices were brought in right and here's the ultimate sacrifice yeah at the gate jesus christ i like so that. that blew my mind there to start for starters and then uh as far as the uh the water the pool you know, you got the pool. Now here, was it last week, Rick, or the week before? I think we covered the woman at the well. Yeah. We, we can actually drink Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well. The living water. <laughs> yes, he's, he's the living water. Because uh, in John 4.14, Jesus said, But whosoever drinks the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. The water that I shall give him shall be in him a well water springing up into everlasting life and then of course i thought of the pool what do you do in a pool you wash yourself you cleanse yourself this guy's going to dip in and lose his, his spot and wrinkles his uh walk you know he's going to heal get healed but ephesians 5 25 says husbands love your wives mm -hmm. even as christ also loved the church and gave himself for it remember we are his bride we are the church's bride. He gave himself to us. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. And he is the word from the beginning of who God was. God became flesh. So the washing of the water by the word. He, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Anything, anything but that it should be fully without blemish and then uh awesome. of course the gates the bethesda the house house of mercy I thought about hebrews 4 6 let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need yeah. and of course right here in the beginning of john john 1 17 said the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. 
I'll give you a second talk in a second, but let me play, make one final point. The porch. I got to think about a porch. What does a porch do? It sits on the front of the house. He is the house of God. Yes. So he's at the porch, and that's the meeting place where you can get off the street and go into the courtyard of the temple. You know, Solomon's porch. They it's where they entered into the temple. So I thought that was kind of significant too. Uh and oddly enough, back in Nehemiah's day, when you know the Babylonians took them into captivity and they destroyed the temple, the only thing left standing was the porch. So I'm like, what's the deal with that? I'm thinking the tabernacle in the wilderness and Solomon's temple are all foreshadowings of what was to come, the real tabernacle, the real temple, which is us. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, and we're all living stones in his house, not made with hands that God is building. He lives inside of us. It's not a building down the street. It's right here in all of us. Yes, I love so, it. I love that. All the symbolism. <laughs> with the porch... I'm thinking he's saying that even though they had to destroy the other temples to bring forth what's the real, the real, you know, this this temple now, Jesus came to start construction on it, right? The temple, because he's the chief cornerstone. Yes. Even though they destroyed that, uh, the porch was still there, which is the place where we met God. You know, we he's always been there for us because it's in his word. Word that the king I love that. I love how deep uh, Gus thinks through j j just there in that one verse. <laughs> like five <laughs> insights. I love it. I love it. One thing that you may notice um, is that this has verse one, verse two, verse three, and then it goes to verse five, six. And most modern translations do this. They do not have verse four for a very good reason, in my opinion. And so I thought this would be a good time to address why some versions will take verses out. I think that's very important. Um, obviously, this is just an amazing testimony of how Jesus just answered, you know, with, with like six words here. Uh, Do you want to be healed? Is all he says here, right? And uh, and, uh, and it's amazing. And then and he ends up says, get up and take your, your mat and walk, right? But let's back up a little bit and say, why is not verse 4 here? I want to address that. Like if you look at the King James Version right here, You'll see number four is here where it says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So it kind of explains further why people were trying to get into the water. Now, most people think this is a kind of a pagan idea. And so the way this is worded is as if it's true. That's one issue that we have with the script, just this part. But the bigger part is it wasn't in most of the older manuscripts, right? So I thought this is a great time to talk about the, the free gift that I have for you guys that you can grab and uh, at just blessedteach.com slash free gift about the reliability of the Bible and your authority in Christ. I have a, I have a little two-page segment here about translations and the methods people use. So just real quickly to understand that, there's three primary methods of textual criticism. You can grab this, and I'm not going to go over all of this, so you can go get the more detail at, again, blessedteach.com slash free gift. The link's down below in, the, in, in here as well. Again, the Textus Receptus was a manuscript of the Bible that was compiled by a man named Erasmus in the 1500s AD. He took the limited number of manuscripts he had access to and compiled them into what eventually became known as the Textus Receptus. The Textus Receptus is the textual 
basis behind the King James Version. So that's why we saw verse four in there, right? Because that's it was in that, and the King and the and the New King James Version, right? So a lot of people will criticize the NIV, for instance, or the ESV, or these newer translations for taking verses out. But the reason is they 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 found older manuscripts. Again, this is the 1500s that this is all took. So you don't think we've found other manuscripts since then? Of course we had, right? So there's another method that says the majority texts, and they just take all the manuscripts that are available today. Again, remember, because everything was written on papyrus and papyri, and the scribes had to recode them every hundred or so, or so years because they would deteriorate. Now we have, they've been able to now preserve these with certain chemicals and new science, right? But right now they didn't have paper back then. So um, the majority text is any manuscripts. You just say, hey, which one, Which if, if, if this verse four was there and most of it, you would put it there. If it was there and not most of it, you would do it as well. But that's that can be really deceptive though, because like you could have an original copy here, an original copy here. This was copied 10 times and this was copied a thousand times. This would get 10x the weight when it really came from just two separate sources, when it really should get a 50-50 weight, right? So that, that method is not really, uh, and so that's why most people, most textual critics who have a good heart wanting to know what did the original text state, use the eclectic method or what's called the critical method. It involves considering external and internal evidences and determining the most likely original text. That's what we all want, right? What's the most likely original text? And external evidence makes us ask these questions and how many manuscripts does the, the reading occur? What are the dates for the manuscripts? In what region of the world were the manuscripts found? Internal evidence prompts these questions. What could have caused these variant readings? Which reading can possibly explain the origin of the uh, other readings? And so, um, and so anyway, I just wanted to make sure you understood that the eclectic text is like the NIV, the NASB, right? The New Living Translation, the ESV as well. It's not listed on here, but as, as well. And the second page goes in a little more detail. I'm not going to go through all this. You can find the original at uh, got, gotquestions.org. But the actual John 5 is addressed in this, right? Where it says how the critical eclectic text works in practice if you compare 5, 1 through 9, which we're studying right now. We just read it in the King James Version and in the, in the New International Version or what we just did, the ESV. You will notice that verse 4 is missing from the NIV plus the ESV plus all those others I mentioned. In the KJV, John 5, 4 reads, and we read that already, right, about why people were going in there. Why is this verse missing from the NIV and other Bible translations which use the critical text, including the ESV we just read? The eclectic method works as follows. The text of John 4 does not occur in most older manuscripts. That's a very important point because if we're trying to get to the original readings, so how do you think scribes that they knew it was the wood of God in their, in their life? You think they would ever take scripture out? Probably not, right? The text of John 4 occurs in all the Byzantine manuscripts that was used for Texas Receptus, but not many of the non-Eastern manuscripts. It's more likely that a scribe would add an explanation than it would be to a scribe to remove an explanation. John 5, 4 makes it clear, more clear why the crippled man wanted to get into the pool. Why would the scribe remove this verse? That does not make sense. It, would, it does make sense for the tradition of why the crippled man wanted to get into the pool would be added. As a result, these concepts of critical eclectic method does not include 5.4. So I completely agree with this, that the, the man wanted to get in there and, and the chosen, which we're gonna show a clip of here shortly, um, 
takes this stance that this was a pagan type thing. It wasn't going to help the man, even if he was first, if that makes sense. Right. So it's real important mm -hmm. to understand why. Um, and I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that's just a little bit of why. I hope that helps people understand um, a little bit about why we've taken out 5-4 in most new translations. It's not because they're evil. It's not because they're trying to, 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 to deceive you. It's because it's the most likely original text did not have it. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And contrary to common belief, I think, uh, well, I don't know if it's common or not, but a lot of people think that Oh, they've changed the Bible and you can't trust in everything you can see here how precise they are and they tell you document everything the reason why and everything else so it's I'm with you. I think it may, may have been it's it's plausible that it was historical because the guy believed that maybe that was but he, he didn't even know Jesus which we'll get into exactly and but, if, you go to uh, the, if, you, if you go to the bottom of this Gus in uh, almost every ESV version they're gonna have uh, footnotes right and those footnotes are going to show you what was taken out and right so some manuscripts insert this right so it's there in our versions right people are not being dishonest people are not trying to fool you now the niv right. is a thought for thought translation so it's not as accurate as the esv or the kjv so i can see why some people don't like the niv okay i understand that because it doesn't go directly word for word but there's a lot of Bibles like that, and it's for written for people in the eighth or ninth grade reading level versus the twelfth grade reading level, like the KJV. So let's uh, don't throw stones at the versions. You can use other versions to really understand what the text is teaching us. So, um, with you, the, you go ahead all and do like I do. I've got a uh, Strong's Concordance, and I got an Interlinear Bible, which is the original text. So if you want to really do a deep dive and. <laughs> like you can do that and find out what the original text was and it, it just takes time to do that but the different versions i think are make it the spice of life so different people like reading different versions one's more passionate one's more detailed like you said one's word for word so. exactly right so let's not get caught up in uh, versions as much as it is what's god trying to say what did the original writing say and i love that that's what that whole free gift is about it talks about why we can trust the Bible? We know what the original writers wrote. It's the most doc, the most most reliable document in history, and you can trust the Word of God. Um, with that, we're going to dig into this a little bit more. But I wanted to, I wanted to just do another song, and then we'll dig in a little bit more, and then we're going to play a chosen clip. Excellent. Let's let, let's 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 uh, get the excitement up a little bit more. Gus, maybe you can read this. This is shout to the Lord. <clears throat> shout to the Lord. Excellent song. Love this song. Uh, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. That reminds us of 40, uh, Psalm 47.1. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Another verse we've got in this song is, Mountains bow down and the sea will roar at the sound of your name. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name, Psalm 66, 4. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. We know what that means now, mm -hmm. under the earth, as of late. And that's Philippians 2, verse 10. The third line we've got here we're going to highlight is, My comfort, my shelter. 
He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And that's Psalm 91, 1. And then the fourth one we've got here is Tower of Refuge and Strength. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. That's Psalm 61, 2, B and 3. Praise God. Let's shout to the Lord right now and worship.
beautiful song as we word and worship here. Uh, now we're going to dig back into a little bit more of of five. We 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 didn't analyze uh, anything past too much, but uh, anything else that you had as we start digging into this, Gus? Uh, let's see. How far down did we get? We got down to five or below that. Yeah, yeah, but I, we read through it, but I just didn't know if you had any other thoughts. I know you really dug into oh, verse two on some of this. I know you had something on this. <laughs> yeah, one thing stood out to me was, you know, it was 38 years. Yeah. And I've had... I've had back issues now for, well, since two, really since prior to that, but the real issues started in 2010. And sometimes, you know, you think, Lord, why aren't you healing me? And part of me says, uh, it's just, it's already done. I decree and declare it every day. And I'm just waiting for the time to come in. And every day I decree it. Every day I look for it. But this man looked for 38 years wow. to be healed. And all it took was him meeting Jesus, right? And understanding it. Um, and then, of course, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time. And what I what knew jumped out to me there because Jesus could read their minds, read their thoughts. He didn't have to open your mouth and say, hey, I've been like this for 38 years. Jesus already knows it because he knows everything. He all things. He knows all things. Everything's manifested. Yes. So that kind of jumped out. And then <clears throat> the fact that Jesus asked him, first thing he said, do you want to be healed? Yes. Mm-hmm. And what struck me out there was that I think if we expect to be healed, we got to want to be healed. We got to desire it. And to the point where he even solicited a response on him to where he said, well, we washed by the blood and saved by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony comes to mind um you know our words uh can condemn us our words we got to be careful what we say over ourselves especially when we're going through something don't claim i've learned this from amanda you tell them it's no it's not your cancer it's not your whatever it's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Don't say that anymore. Yeah. You got to stop saying that. You got to decree the healing out of your mouth. It's yes. that you speak those things that are not as if they are, like Father Abraham did when yeah. he was 99 years old and Sarah was almost dead. He believed God and was counted on his righteousness. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So, yeah, I think he wanted him to say that for a reason. So he busted out of his mouth. Yeah, you just, rem- you just remind me one of my new memory verses that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So be careful what you speak. You need to be, this, you said, you said, declare your victory, declare your healing, right out of Proverbs mm-hmm. eighteen twenty one. Yeah. yeah, very good point. And, uh, but obviously he was looking for healing in the wrong place, right? <laughs> You're looking for love in the wrong place, right? We talk about that. You're looking for healing in the wrong place. Other people like, oh, these guys, it's because of them I'm not getting healed. He's got his focus in the wrong place. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, it was interesting. His answer was he didn't say yes. He just starts talking about why he hasn't been able to be healed by this pagan ritual right 
thought that was real interesting too. That's why Jesus has come back and said, get up, take up your bed and walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said it in that tone, who knows? I would imagine uh, it was it, with authority, don't you think? Yes. And you know, when Jesus Christ, the word from the beginning that said, let there be light, when he says to you, get up, take up your bed and walk, guess what? You get up, take up your bed and walk. There's no you have to do it because he said it, right? Which is why if we're sick, if we're wanting prayers, answer, God's no respecter of persons. What he'll do for one of his image-bearing Christians, humans, he'll do for any of us. All the stories in the Bible are about, could be about any of us. You know, just put your, drop your name in there because it's just... Uh, his story is teaching his precepts and his promises. So find a scripture to stand on and just recite that out of your mouth over and over again. Even if it doesn't happen right now, that's when you need faith. When it happens, after it happens, you don't need faith anymore. It's before it comes that you need the faith. Yeah, exactly. Very good point. It's the substance of things hoped for, you know? Yeah. So yeah. part of this is he talks about in John 14, 12, we'll get to later, obviously about the authorities given us and that we'll do uh, the great, greater works right we'll do his the works that he's done and even greater works so we should be praying like this right not like uh oh please oh please god please do this no it's like he's given us authority we're his body right so it's a lot about what we talk about in this ministry is training people how to really pray with the authority in christ you can see he's doing that and uh, interesting at once the man was healed that's when you have faith and uh, the power and the authority in Christ. You're gonna, we're going to see miracles. I believe we're going to see very, very miracles. We're starting to see them already. You've seen them with your own eyes. I've seen them with my own eyes as we go to this reawakened tour around these awesome people. We've seen it backstage. Pretty amazing, Gus. Now, there's certain people out there that will discourage you. They'll say, oh, you don't have enough faith. Well, just pray for faith. You don't think you got enough? It's a gift of the Spirit. You look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit. Faith is one of them. So yeah. pray for more faith. I pray all the time for faith without measure. Or just fill me with faith. Remove all doubt. If you don't know it, it's beyond your reach. You know, as a get in, if there's any doubt in it, I don't want any part of the enemy in me, you know. Um, but this guy, we're going to learn here in a little bit, that he didn't even know who Jesus was. Right. So he, didn't have any, he didn't have any faith. Right? It's just that. Jesus spoke it over him, and he was healed to show forth the man, to bring glory to the Father, through the Son, who is the Word. So that's what we're called to do, bring glory to the Father, speaking the Word over people, healing them. Right, and just making sure that you know that your death and life is in the power of the tongue. And as you get yes. this authority of Christ, it's even makes you got to be even more careful after you become a believer <laughs> to make sure that negativity is not coming out of your mouth and and you're using it to do exactly what you want it to do. Amen. This continues with after he gets healed, and then at one, you you already read this, but at at, at and at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked, just as Jesus said. It says now that day was the Sabbath. This is the key, and this is why I named this the Lord of the Sabbath because this next bit is very important. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, "It is," he said, "It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful." For you to take up your bed but he answered them the man who healed me that man said to me take up your bed and walk 
They asked him, Who is this man who said that to you? Take up your bed and walk. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn and there was a crowd in the place. Just like you said, he didn't know who he was. <laughs> so uh, um, the, now the man had been healed did not know who he was, right? Just as, yeah. as there was a crowd in the, in the place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. That's interesting, the temple, and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. Ah, and, I'm, and I'll just finish this up and we'll kind of analyze this. But it says, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Woo! So anything about the, these verses that you want to dig into a little bit? Well, isn't it just a, a cry and shame that here's a man that people knew they saw him. Yeah, uh, and the other thing, the other thing that comes to mind was Peter and was a Peter and John in the Book of Acts. They stood in front of the temple of Silver Who I have known, they knew him as well. Similar stories, probably tied together somehow, uh, as far as meaning. But this guy didn't walk for thirty-eight years, and where they got set, you're not supposed to take your bed on, take up your bed on the Sabbath. I mean, you're not supposed to carry your bed because they were so wrapped up, wrapped up in their man-made tradition, dogmatic religion. They didn't even care if this guy got healed. They should have been celebrating the guy's healing. And they're talking about Jesus doing it on Sabbath. But Jesus said another point in here is probably the book of John. I'm trying to think where it is. He says, he said, the, uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not the man for the Sabbath. In other words, you don't worship the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made to give us rest on the seventh day and whatnot. And there he got it so wrapped up that, you know, it was all works, 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 works. So. Yeah, that's exactly where I wanted to go. Um, if you look, uh, if, you go, if you go look at the book of Mark 2, 23 through 28, it's the Jesus is Lord of Sabbath. That's what I named this episode. Um, because remember, he was picking grain with his, with his, with his uh, disciples. Right, and they were attacking him, and he defended it for a certain way. But the end of that is just so powerful when he said to them, "The Sabbath was made for man to bless us, right, and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath." And so, and so again, um, they were they've created all these laws. If you just look back and you look at the New Testament, there's nothing to say you can't carry a mat on the Sabbath said don't work so the definition of work the Sadducees and Pharisees and some of these uh, legal analysis have had then created all these traditions which were burdensome right they say you can't walk so far you can't do this you can't make clay you can't do you can't do, so so you can't your kids can't play with play-doh that's work right so you you, you know th those are the type of things that they were really being crazy about and there's several other pieces in the Bible that talks about that. Like for instance, in John 7, which we'll get to a little bit later as we go through the book of John, we're in John 5 now, um, you you see here and you and, he, and Jesus is talking about another thing that was a problem with their attitude. It says, and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath, 
So right, so so you can do good on the Sabbath. You you actually exercise. Circumcision takes work, you know, to circumcise exactly. someone. That. So. Yeah. So they took the the amount of work and they really and uh, uh, really uh, uh, made it burdensome and not the heart of God. What his point was is resting. Right. His point was. Um, focus on Him, be with Him, focus on the Lord God Almighty. And he, even when the Lord made the earth in six days and then He rested on the seventh, He was still sustaining the earth and the universe during that time, right? He just wasn't doing certain types of work, the hard labor type of stuff. So that is another thing to think about. Uh, the other thing is John 9 says, here, here where the Pharisees brought a blind man to him, and he says, now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Well, that very yeah. act of him spitting in the mud and doing it was against the Sabbath. That's how silly these laws were. Not against the Sabbath on the, in the biblical text, in the Torah, right, in the Old Testament, but it was against the laws of these legalistic people. And this is a big warning, guys, as we move into this, this, this movement of God that's coming. And he's going to separate his children from his non-children, but he's also going to take his children and who's legalistic and who's religious. And he's going to push them aside and the glory's not going to come on them nearly as much as his remnant who is open up and not being legalistic, not being religious, and just has a relationship with him and is opened up to all that God can do, which is everything. <laughs> so uh, it is extremely wow. important. Yeah. So I'll uh, tell you, do you think, Rick, that uh, maybe just maybe Jesus was doing all this stuff on the Sabbath just to stir the pot a little bit and yeah, bring these so. so he could show us that hey, don't these these are the Sadducees and Pharisees. Don't be like the Sadducees and Pharisees. Exactly. Exactly right. In fact, that's a perfect segue into the chosen clip. Right? Now this is a this is an eight minute clip. Um, and it's taken like five or six parts of the chosen all the way from this man when he was a kid um, that ends up becoming paralyzed, right? They sh and so they're going to show how that happens. And it's going to go all the way through. And in this, and the, what the chosen um, adds to the story of the biblical text, right? And, 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 and in, in, in the chosen version, right, they're going to, um, this man that was paralyzed is going to be the brother of of the zealot, Simon the zealot, right? So you'll see Simon the zealot training, and he and at the end of the clip, I'm not trying to give it all away. I'm just trying to give you some context because you you have, won't see all the other parts of chosen. You can go look at that, but you but um, at the end of the clip, Simon the zealot is about ready to kill Romans. Right? That's what he's being trained for as the zealot. To, he's about to kill Romans, probably probably die himself, but but do it as a martyr almost, right? And uh, he'll see his brother. So those are all the things we're gonna we're gonna kind of experience here in this eight minute clip. So um, let's let's enjoy this clip of, of 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 exactly this exact text we just studied. And um, so yeah, then remind me, Rick, after to about the Sabbath. One other point I was gonna make when we get through with this. Sounds great. All right, so let's do this right now. Here it is.
one who's been here the longest. What doesn't belong. The sad one. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir, I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you, or who's not helping, or who's getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing. And you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. Ha, ha, ha.
30 more minutes wouldn't have mattered to that man. Why did you do this on Shabbat? Sometimes you gotta stir up the water. One thing I just wanted to show real quick, back at about 6.30 or so, um, the notice uh, the Apostle John is there and he picks up his book to actually record the event. Walk. Right there. Uh, it's not his Bible, his, his notepad, right? So, so we're seeing how it could have happened, right? That's one of the cool things about this. Is it, uh, what, what a great, great view of that. Any thoughts on that, Gus? Well, just that, you know, even today, some religious folks would get hung up on. I don't see that in the Bible where this happened, but they, the, the folks that are making the chosen really make it plausible how a, third, a man that was injured, lame for 38 years, how that could come about to, to it's, it's, it just really brings it to life. You know, so you can put if they put you there and you understand a little more better, you know, instead of just saying, Well, thirty eight years he's been like this, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's good. I, I love it myself. It's really good. Yeah. So again the, the other point that I thought of while I started watching this that I, I failed to bring across in the beginning was the man and highlighting in this when Jesus said, Do you want to be healed? He had his focus on people, on man. In other alternatives, let's just say, I don't know, New Age uh, or mysticism or some other way of being healed rather than the answer for being healed, which is the Word of God. Um, and all he needed was Jesus. Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Yeah, our healer. Amen. He needed to go swimming in that pool for a minute and be healed up. It's excellent. Now, I don't know if you want to bring up that other point. You want to play another song? We'll come back and close out with some comments. But the Sabbath, I wanted to make a point. Because remember when he says, my father works till now and I work till now. That was in our reading right in the end, I believe. Right. Let's go to that. At the very end, is Jesus equals God. Yeah. Because not only was he breaking the sabbath but he was calling himself even with God. right here but jesus answered them my father is working until now and i am working and i what hit me there was well i thought he rested on the seventh day he got all, all his works done he rested on the seventh day you know like rested he's still resting but he's not he rested on that seventh day, I guess, take a break after building the world or whatever, six days. And we don't know if it was six physical day, actual days, or 6,000, or what. It doesn't really matter because he's God. He can do whatever he wants, as far as I'm concerned. But um, it's really, to me, the, the Sabbath, when you get into the meat of the word, you realize that six days does man work on the seventh because six is the number of man they were created on the sixth day and the sabbath is is like a metaphor a spiritual metaphor for 
entering into his rest. When we come to the Lord, we'll go through a lot of these religious works and everything. We get it, you know, we wrestle with God and then we finally just realize we lean not to our own understanding. We just rest in his word and just trust and believe in him. It's just a joy ride from that on. It's a, you're in the rest of the Holy Spirit. Nice. Amen. And then further to that, I think also it leads to, because there's multiple, it's like layered with the Lord's word. Uh, the millennial reign will be the Sabbath rest because after 6,000 years, the 7,000 is going to be the millennial reign. So you mm -hmm. think of it that way as well. But it's 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 all good. Yeah, the word of God is just phenomenal. Yeah, it is, and and this is the, I named this the Lord of the Sabbath. You know, for all the reasons we just talked about, where the the Pharisees were judging them for things like making clay with his spit, right, and healing a man, uh, healing a man, uh, and Sabbath take tell him to take his mat, not carrying the mat. All these silly legalistic religious rules, right. And uh, the other thing that I just really want to emphasize here is that a lot of people talk about Jesus never claimed to be God, and he did. In fact, the Jews knew this. We can see this right now. They wanted to kill him. This is why the Jews were seeking all to more to kill him. Because why? He was making himself equal with God. Now, I always make the point that, that Jesus accepted worship. Remember, Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And God did not create, did not not correct him. I mean, Jesus did not correct him. Jesus accepted worship multiple times, right, without correcting anybody. Only God would be, be able to accept the worship. Remember, when they, if somebody starts worshiping the angel or something, they, they say, "Get up, get up! No, don't worship me. Worship him." He also um, obviously said, "Before Abraham, I am," right, referring right Amen. back to Exodus three fourteen, right, where he, one of my favorite scenes of the Bible. Yeah, yeah, and he. And, uh, and, and Jesus, Jesus uh, you know, beside, so, so to say that Jesus did not, I mean, they were trying to kill him because he was claiming to be God in flesh, right? Emmanuel with us. So it's beautiful, beautiful to just understand that this is the Lord of the Sabbath. The person we are, are worshiping is the Lord of all. And how exciting is that? I'm going to invite you right now for any questions you have. Um, if you want to participate, come backstage right now. It's free. Just go to blessedteach.com slash backstage. Again, that's blessed to teach. Blessed with the number two teach slash backstage. And you can join us right now and you can ask us questions. You can tell us what uh, anybody backstage, you can share what this scripture means with you. Right after we sing this next song, we're going to get into some We sharing. talked about doing it front, but did you... Uh... Yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah, we're, yeah, but I'm saying if anybody wants to do it, come backstage with us. We're going to stay at front. We're going to stay up front here. So we're going to stay live here the next 15 minutes or so to just kind of hear other people what this scripture means to you. Any questions you have, let's dig into that. All right. So right now I'm going to uh, go to this song. And so I wonder if somebody uh, else would like to read this. But maybe, Gus, maybe you just read this. This, this is um, Here I Am to Worship. Okay. Here I Am to Worship. Man, Lord. We got uh, the first verse. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. That's John chapter 8, verse 12. Second verse here we've got is, here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. 
And this is the line I was just going to say. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. That's John chapter 20, verse 28. And the third line we've got here to highlight in this song is, you're altogether lovely. You're altogether worthy. Worthy are you, O Lord, O God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will. They existed and were created. And that's Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. And finally, the fourth verse we want to highlight here is, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. Mm-hmm. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's Mark chapter 10, verse 45. How awesome is that? Praise God. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spin with you. And here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to Oh uh-huh. 
Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I just love these songs. And I got some praising going on here on Facebook and Rumble. I just want to read a couple of these real quick. Ken McAllister says, Praise the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Thank Father God for your precious Son. Hallelujah. That was Ken praising uh, Ken McAllister. And I see here from Daniel Kelly saying, I love it. Sometimes you've got to stir up the water. Amen and amen. The Lord is about to stir up the oceans. Our Heavenly Father is about the show is about is about the show to show the US everything. Amen and amen. I love you, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I love you, Heavenly Father, your daughter always, Danielle. I serve you and always you. <laughs> we just have some major, major um, backstagers. If you have anything you want to share, let us know. Here's tre- here's treasure. I, uh, I'm sure treasure with heart or something like that it says, I'm glad that Jesus was not afraid of doing things that were not popular. That's beautiful. And Kevin from Rumble Rants also says the reactments of these Bible stories are well made. The characters in them are truly alive. All right, so it's really neat to see how people are being affected by this. But I wanted to see if anybody in backstage wanted to have a question or a uh, or, or want to share maybe what these verses mean to you. Um, it's your time to just uh, to just ask us what, what what you would like. Would love to love to have some. So go ahead, uh, Karen. I uh, no, Catherine. You're still muted, I think, Catherine. Okay, I got it. All right. Um, so one thing I want to share is I am a Sabbath keeper. I have been since I was a child. Uh, there was a few years when I got away from it. But I would like to encourage you to take a seventh day, Saturday Sabbath, and just see what it's like to take the seventh day Sabbath from sundown today, Friday, until sundown Saturday, and just meet with the Lord because He said this was an appointed time. You read Leviticus 23 as well as the commandment and the Genesis account. This is an appointed time to meet with him. So there's nothing wrong with meeting with him on other days. I'm not downing that. I'm just saying, try meeting with him on the day he's set apart for you to meet with him. And I think you'll find a blessing that you never expected to find because it's such a blessing to me. I just like to share it with everybody. Awesome. Amen. Amen. You know, Kathy, Rick and I, and some of our backstages, maybe you as well, started doing the uh, the feasts, the festivals, the Passover. We've done oh, like yeah. what, two or three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> There's nothing like it in the world because you All learn it so much. Uh, and uh, It's amazing. It's amazing. It's quite a blessing, yeah. isn't it, Rick? It is. I love it. I've learned so much since I started learning about the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. It is just amazing what we didn't know as just an average Christian. There's just so much we didn't know. Yes. So, and, and you can't outlearn God. Just when you think you know a lot, he'll just upset your apple carton and you'll be <laughs> like, wow, God, I, I guess I realize now again. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. And it's interesting. You never run out of material. 
Yeah, in fact, this morning I was just updating um, all my documents for the seven feasts, right, that uh, we celebrate here as Blessed Teach Ministry and uh, to the dates for 2023. So April is coming up with the, with, the, with the Seder dinner we'll have for the Passover. Obviously, there's three feasts all in those, those uh, spring feasts that we'll be mm-hmm. celebrating all that first week. And 50 days later, you got Pentecost. And then they have the fall feasts as well. And three of those are pilgrimage feet, uh, uh, where they literally had to go uh, travel back to Jerusalem, right? So that's a big, big thing. So you had to go there for a whole week and then 50 days later, go again for Pentecost, right? And then uh, five or six months later, go for the fall feast. Um, and so those three pilgrimage feasts, we'll, we'll be teaching on those here over the next month or so. Next Monday, by the way, is Purim. And that's not one of the seven major feasts, so we don't really, really celebrate that. But but um, the last one episode, the book of Esther. Yeah, exactly. Seventeenth mm. book of, of of the Bible is is Esther yes. about Haman, and the Purim is celebrated uh, by many. And the well, the chosen actually mentioned that um, in the last the, the, the theme of the of yes. one, actually talked about them celebrating Purim. Yeah, Jesus celebrated Purim, and he also celebrated the Festival of Lights, which we call Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a commanded feast. Mm-hmm. But, you know. It's it still something, very enlightening. Yeah, it's still definitely something to celebrate, especially in our day and time with all the stuff that's going on in our world. Um, we have to be Esthers. We have to stand mm-hmm. up. And, and say, you know, we're not tolerating this. And mm-hmm. we have to be willing to go in front of the king without mm-hmm. an invitation and know that God is going to touch his heart to put out that golden scepter and say, come, what is your request? You know, however mm-hmm. that form is, you know what I'm saying? I know it's not probably going to be literal, but we just have to be doing what God asks us to do. Because, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, mm-hmm. all those that uh, said, no, King, we're not going to bow down before you. And that's what they want here right now. They want us to bow down before them. Mm-hmm. It, it might not be a golden uh, image. You know, it might not be worshiping the king itself, but it is worshiping their system. And I'm not going to do it. No. If I perish, I perish. (laughs) That's right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Rick, I was going to say, folks out there, the the feast, I believe, can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 16. That's where they list the feasts. Leviticus 23, I know they're there, too. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a great study that we'll we'll dig into the more details here over the next uh, month especially as we come real close to the 2023 things just to give you guys some quick dates i'll show you this is uh right here it's the seven feast um april 5th through the 13th this year is when we're going to be celebrating celebrating passover and then just, just a few mm-hmm. days later april 6th to 12th is the feast of unleavened bread basically that whole time you're you're eating um, bread that's not leavened and then the feast of first fruits there's kind of arguments about exactly when to celebrate that we're going to celebrate it on april 7th um, and then um, 
And then 50 days after that, on May 25th, that, that, that it's actually the 26th is the date, but the 25th at sunset to the to, to sunset the following day would be uh, the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot, often called, or Pentecost. And then then the fall feast come, and that's where you have the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, as well as the Yom Kippur. Those are going to be September 15th and September 24th. And then another, the, the blue or the, the uh, actual pilgrimage, right? So they, they need to go to Jerusalem for the Passover. They had to go to Jerusalem for, the, for Pentecost or Shabbat. And they, and they had to go to, uh, for um, the fall feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, Shukot, is when they, uh, so that, that would be our September 26th to October 9th. So those are the seven major feasts that we'll be celebrating um, here um, over this next year. We're looking forward to that, or really over the next seven or eight months yeah. as we're coming up with the spring feast here shortly. Yeah. All right. yeah, it's part of the reason it messed up our calendar, right? So that we get thrown off kilter on these. Because a lot of things that happen in the world are always around the Lord's feasts. Yeah. yeah. So had we been following it all the way through, we've been a lot more smarter about things. Yeah. Awesome. So, so Monday at sunset is when most people would be celebrating Perm. All the way to the seventh, to the seventh. So um, that's again not one of the one that we really focus on, but uh, like you said, Jesus celebrated it, and it's exciting. Any other questions on John five, or any other thoughts about how that applies to you? That was a great example there, how that applied to Kathy, the Lord of the Sabbath that we just studied, and how um, mm -hmm. she's having the Lord, the Lord be her Lord on Saturdays. Um, any, any other thoughts or questions about the, the book of John? So I'm gonna move. Well, I just looked at um, verse 17, and it's, um, Jesus starts off by, well, he, when he says, um, uh, but Jesus said, my father is working. And every time, well, I think that must have really stood out because it just reminds me of um, the relationship he must have had. And it just reminds me of little kids, you know, like my daddy, my daddy. This is my father. And it was something I don't think they really understood. But it's my father mm. is working until now. My dad, he didn't stop working. <laughs> and I'm working too. I love it just, that. The way he says my father, it just stands up like it's my daddy, you know? Yeah. 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 I've heard uh, Gus pray that way sometimes. Papa. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. It's kind of a relationship, and I think that's part of learning how to pray is that you're just like talking to your dad, right? Somebody that really loves you. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus loves the little children, and to him, we're all little children. Yeah. Right? I love it. I love it. We're going to move to a song right now, and um, then we're going to blow the shofars at the end again, maybe say a quick prayer. I did want to lift up Lois, who I know uh, Bill's back in the hospital, so we want to lift Bill and Lois up real quick before we do that. Maybe be, be thinking while we're listening to this song, if you get any revelations, I know somebody has seen something in these verses that jumped out at them, so be bold and speak up if you have something. Yeah. So Share with us. Now here we go. This is going to be um, 
seeing if uh, somebody else can read this that hasn't read yet. I don't know, Glory, can you see these? Um, I, it's, if I'm not sure if you, I think you have a computer versus the mobile phone. So this, this is Revelation, uh, this song right here. I don't know if you can see those words of those too small for you, Gloria. Uh, no, that's all good. Hmm. Okay, worthy is the lamb who was slain. <clears throat> Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 5, 12. Second one is sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb and they sang a new song revelation 5 8 to 10. you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold and you shall put mercy seat on the top of the ark and there i will meet you and that's in Exodus 25, 17 to 22. But when Christ appeared as a high priest, he entered once for all into the holy places by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. That's in Hebrews 9, 12. And who was and is and is yet to come. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, Revelation 1.8. Beautiful. Wow. We're worshiping to this song right now.
saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Revelations 5.12. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. Thank you for being with us today to study the Word of God as we just continue to... um, We're going to flip over to this, though, because we... We need to wrap her up here pretty soon. We've burnt through an hour and 45 minutes. We try to do this an hour and a half. I think it's impossible because we just love to worship a little yes. and share. Uh, but we do want to say a quick prayer. Um, I want to see if anybody would mind lifting up Lois and Bill um, right now. And also Bruce, uh, Paula's husband, those pretty, um, we have hospitalized backstage uh, loved ones. Um, and I think Charlotte's Tabitha is having a baby as well. So um, no. maybe maybe uh, uh, Annette, maybe you start in Gloria, and then I'll I'll wrap her up. How about how's that? We'll blow the shofars okay. and call tonight. Go ahead, Annette. Oh, and any of those any of those one of one of those three things. Go ahead. Yes, I can lift up Lewis. Okay. Mm. Yes, dear Heavenly Father. We are here for you. We are here for your son, Jesus Christ, that shed his blood for all of us. But we have a sister among us, Father God, that you love, adore, Father God. She is your daughter, and you know Louis, Father. You know her situation and her husband and you know they need your power, your Holy Spirit's power in their bodies to be whole. Because Jesus, you made it all possible at the cross. You took all their diseases on you, so they have no right to be any problems, any sickness, not anything because through Jesus Christ, they are already healed, Father God. So we come here and we lift up Lewis and Bill up to you in your hands. And we ask you, Father God, that you will purify their bodies. You will heal, restore it back where it should be, where it's supposed to be, where you want it to be, Father God, in their bodies. Thank you. Heal them. Heal them, Father God. So whatever it is blocking in uh, Lewis' body, in Bill's body, Father, that is nothing for you. So we just take the authority over sickness. That sickness is have no right to be there. It has no right at all to be there. In the mighty name of Jesus, Thank you, Lord. we call it down it will break loose from their bodies now father god in the mighty name of jesus who loved them he died for them he bare all their sicknesses thank you lord in jesus mighty name we thank you father we thank you that we can be here this wonderful night to praise you and to lift up these two people to you, Father God, in your hands. Thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we praise you. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Gloria, do you have time? Maybe Gus, I'll take the proof for Ruth and Ruth and Paula. That's okay. Yeah, and really, Ruth and Paula, I just want to declare God's word over them. For and Father, we just remind you that your word is alive. Your word is active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it separates the bone from the marrow, evil plan from God's plan. And we just declare Psalm 91 over Ruth and over Paula, too, as she sits by his side. That he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And we declare that to the Lord that he is their refuge and their fortress, mm -hmm. and he is the God whom they trust. And because God's word is alive, we also say that because Bruce and Paula have made the Lord their dwelling place, the Most High, who is their refuge, that no evil is allowed to come against their tent, and no plague shall come against their home. We declare it, God's word alive. And the promise, Lord, we also hold you to your promise, because in Psalm 91, Verse 14, 16, it said, Because Bruce and Paula hold fast to you and love, Lord, they hold fast to you and love you, deliver them. You protect them because they know your name. They, when they call, you answer them. And you are with them in this time of trouble. You rescue them and you honor them. And with a long life, you will satisfy Bruce and Paula and show them your salvation. And we clear this for Bruce and Paula in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Hey, Gus, you do you want to do the Charlotte and Tabitha? Charlotte and Tabitha. That's her grandbaby. Is going to be born as Tabitha. I think Tabitha's her daughter. That's about her daughter is having the baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure will. Mm -hmm. Abba, Father. We come before you tonight collectively here because I know, Lord, everyone here on this backstage certainly loves our Charlotte and her daughter, Tabitha, Lord. She's having a baby. Lord, you love the little children. You love all of us, Lord. And we pray that this is just being done, Lord, so that we can be faithful and do what you ask us to do command us to do follow you that we can pray a prayer of faith that she'll have this child and everyone will be healthy you know it'll be just a celebration of life lord lord we ask this in the mighty name of jesus christ amen 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 i know we're way over time but i just wanted to say a quick blessing for everyone that's listening here on facebook and rumble and clout hub or wherever you're listening from now on the recording heavenly father thank you so much for everyone who's uh, coming and learning about the word of god thank you for john 5 thank you for just the whole book of john thank you for the whole biblical text that you've given us and thank you for the living word that is alive in our high priest lord thank you for him and we just pray for our blessings on everyone that is honoring Jesus. Lord, that they, you'll just allow them unity within their household is the main thing I want to pray for, Lord, is that their friends and family will awaken to the truth about what's happening in the world and the truth about who you are, Lord. And huge unity 
but around truth will happen here, Lord. And that's what we're going to blow our shofars on this, Lord, right now. We're going to ask that the, the line of Judah comes down to break all these lies apart and have judgment where judgment needs to be placed. And asking for yeah. angels of all rankings and divisions to come in and bring in the remnant to the seven mountains of influence versus this cabal. We call this cabal down in the mighty name of Jesus. We call the children rescued, the soldiers healed, and the news media to be silenced as truth comes into the media, Lord. We call this all down in the mighty name of Jesus. We blow our show fires. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for digging into John 5. Yeah. We'll get to the second half mm -hmm. of John 5 next week. Remember, you can join me backstage here. Ask this question. Share. Um, we do this Monday and Thursday on Praise and Prayer, and then we have Word and Worship on Fridays. So Mondays, Thursdays, Praise and Prayer, Fridays here. We also have other events backstage all the time. Um, things like Project Children Rescue, where we pray for the children on Tuesdays. Wednesday, Gus has another private Bible study backstage. So much more, including all the guests that we come in on Tuesday and Thursdays. You can be part of those conversations and part of uh, asking them questions. Um, and not to mention all the groups uh, that are part of the B2T neighborhood. So come and join the ministry. We love you guys. Remember, it's absolutely free now. This used to be, people used to pay uh, quite a bit of money to be part of all this and all the searchy tools and every all the exclusive content you get backstage. We decided we're going to be a ministry. We're I'll open that up in a pay-forward model, so it's absolutely free to you. We'd love to have you backstage. Just go to blessedteach.com/backstage. The link's down below in the video. I'd love to have you as part of that. With that, if everybody wouldn't mind unmuting and saying goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye. 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 Shalom, shalom, shalom. Have a great yeah. night. Bye. God bless. Shalom. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Love y'all. Bless you all. Shalom. Bye.